Smartwatches often incorrectly tell people they have atrial fibrillation. Researchers at the University of Michigan think that there's a better solution. It's a prescription clinical-grade watch using an algorithm. According to a study in the Journal of the American Heart Association, it was accurate more than 96% of the time. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. The Supreme Court didn't seem persuaded Monday by the federal government's argument against Purdue Pharma's multi-billion dollar bankruptcy settlement that would shield the Sackler family, which owns the company, from future lawsuits. Some justices pointed out that victims of the opioid crisis had agreed to the settlement, but others seemed uneasy about allowing the family to fully avoid future litigation. Older adults using the Medicare prescription drug benefit will see their premiums soar in 2024, according to an analysis from health cost data provider HealthView Services. In the five states with the highest number of adults 65 and older who are on Medicare, the average cost of Part D premiums will rise between 42 and 57 percent in 2024 compared with 2023, the analysis found. And some Republicans want to take another run at repealing Obamacare. But it would be even harder to get rid of in 2025 than it was the last time the GOP tried in 2017. Alice Miranda Olstein joins us to explain why. Hey, Alice. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. So repealing Obamacare has made a return to the news. Can you quickly refresh us on why we're talking about it again? Yes, my PTSD from 2017 was triggered recently. I was up on the Hill covering the last Obamacare repeal go-round that ended in failure. And we're talking about it again because former President Trump posted online and then doubled down later that he would like to finish the job to try again. He sees the failure to repeal Obamacare during his first year in office as something that still bothers him and that he wants to readdress. And so that reopened this whole discussion and you had a lot of people weighing in on all sides of this. And it just was a good opportunity for us, since we care about the policy as well as the politics, to talk about how much has changed since 2017 and the fact that the Obamacare they would potentially go after in 2025 is not the same Obamacare that they went after in 2017. I know you've been on the Hill reporting on this. How have Republicans been reacting to Trump's move? It's been kind of a mixed bag. Some of them say, let's go for it. Obamacare is still bad in their view. And so they're they're ready to try again. Even some Republicans whose states have expanded Medicaid, a lot of their constituents would potentially be at risk if they were to go forward. Other Republicans, even those who were really involved last time, they do not think this is serious. They do not think this is really going to happen. They don't think there's a real plan now or will be one in the future. They think this is just political sort of bluster. And and a lot of them don't want to do this again, both for practical reasons. We had, you know, Senator Tom Tillis from North Carolina, whose state just expanded Medicaid, say that even though he still doesn't love Obamacare, he sees it as so entrenched in the system now. And states like his have made decisions based on it being in place that it would be just really, really difficult to take away at this point. So kind of a range of opinions. You mentioned that Obamacare has changed since 2017. What has changed? I think arguably the biggest change is the number of states that have expanded Medicaid since 2017. And so that would be Idaho, Maine, Missouri, Nebraska, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Utah, and Virginia. It's a lot of states. It's a lot of people who are now enrolled that were not before. And so last time in 2017, people on the Medicaid expansion proved to be a really strong political force in stopping the repeal. And so now that constituency is just bigger. There's more people 
people with more at stake. And a lot of those are red and purple states with Republican officials representing them. That puts pressure on those Republican officials not to go along with it potentially. But the Medicaid expansion is not the only change. Just overall enrollment is way up. It's up 50 percent from 2017. A lot of that is because of the subsidies enacted under the Biden administration that made plans cheaper for a lot more people. So enrollment went up because of that. And a lot of the things people didn't like about Obamacare, like the individual mandate, are not a factor anymore. It's not in place. And so there's more of the popular things like cheap coverage and less of the unpopular things. Do we expect any sort of formal proposal from Trump here? And are there any changes that could happen to Obamacare going forward? So if history serves, I wouldn't expect a detailed, comprehensive proposal anytime soon. I mean, you know, Trump sort of famously promised a big health care plan and it was always two weeks away. It never came. And Republicans on Capitol Hill told us they don't expect it to come either. So we're not holding our breath for that. Obviously, no matter who is president in 2025, there is a lot they can do on health care and on Obamacare specifically. They don't even need Congress. I mean, there, there could be changes made through Congress, but there could also be changes that the executive branch just makes on their own. And so I think because of that, the Biden administration has really seized on this and has been absolutely hammering and ads and tweets and stuff just talking about the threat to the Affordable Care Act that a future Trump presidency could pose. Yeah, it's been interesting to see the immediate political response from the Biden campaign. I mean, the other big change is that Obamacare is a lot more popular today than it was back then. We see that in polling. And so I think this is Democrats at least see this as a really good development that they can talk about this again. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Great to talk. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. Subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. That's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>